Okay, all right, well, let's, let's hit the ground running here. Uh, we're going to take a break. We've been in the book of John uh, for the past, I don't even know how many weeks, and we've gone up through chapter 6. Uh, we're going to take a quick break from that. Uh, we'll talk about Thanksgiving today. Uh, we'll have a Christmas series starting next week, and uh, uh, we'll maybe come back uh, in January. So today we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, grab them, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. That's where we'll camp out uh, today. Everybody's getting ready for the Thanksgiving. We're getting ready to, I'm getting ready to travel to North Carolina tomorrow. You might be uh, staying here. You might be traveling. But everybody's going to gather with uh, family or maybe gather with friends and have Friendsgiving. Everybody's getting ready to do something uh, on Thanksgiving. And uh, we all kind of have our own traditions, and some of that means uh, there's a home-cooked meal from Grandma. Some of it, for you, that means we're going to Golden Corral. And, and you get other traditions, right? For Thanksgiving, some of you, uh, may, you may have this tradition where everybody goes around and shares one thing they're thankful for, uh, and, and the whole time it's going around the circle, you're sitting here racking your brain thinking, okay, what am I going to say? What am I thankful for? Uh, and, you're, and you're trying to figure it out. Uh, or, or maybe that's not you. And maybe just, you know, this time of the year comes and, and you try to think, okay, I'm supposed to be thankful. How do, I, how do I be thankful? What am I thankful for? And you try to reflect maybe on the year and, and try to think about the things you appreciate or are thankful for. And whether you do that or not, this season lends itself to Thanksgiving, to being thankful. But our thankfulness wanes over the year, right? Like it comes, it goes, we're thankful for a while that we don't even think about things for a while. There's different seasons of thankfulness in our lives. But as followers of Jesus, we should be the people who are most thankful all the time. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're not thankful because, guess what we're honest, social media kills us because we compare our life to everyone else's life. We compare what our Thanksgiving looks like to everyone else's Thanksgiving. We look at all the people's posts and we see what they're doing and we compare and we might get down because we don't have something this year or we, we don't, our Thanksgiving doesn't look like that or our life doesn't look like that and we compare to other people's lives that they got these nice things and we don't have those nice things and I wanted this and I didn't get it. And so we compare and contrast and sometimes that can lead itself to discontentment and not being thankful of where you're at. This morning, as we walk through this text, I want to see three things that we need to know or do that will help us to develop into a thankful person. And being thankful really matters for two reasons. One, it matters because God commands it. But two, it matters because when you are thankful, when you are a person who, is, who just kind of has a thankful heart, it actually changes you. Like it changes the, the, the attitude you have and the, kind of the life that you have, but it also changes those around you. If you've ever been around someone or spent time with somebody who is just discontent with life, you know that it is not pleasant to be around that person and it just sucks all the joy out of you as well. But when you are around a person who is incredibly thankful, even when they don't have very much, it's infectious. And you want to be around that person and there's something about them that you're just like, you can't put your finger on it and you want to be around that person because they don't have much, but yet they're super content and thankful for what they have. And you want a piece of that, and you don't really know how to get it. So this morning, I want to look at this text and figure out how do we get that. So Ephesians 5, starting in verse 18, we'll go through 20. The words of our God, written by the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, say this. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, 
addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to focus mostly on verse 20 here. And verse 20, it says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it might be obvious But in order for us to be thankful, we must know the one to whom we should be thankful to. When I was a kid, as probably most kids do, I had all of these things at my disposal. I I, I was the kind of kid who liked to build things, and so I would go take my dad's tools out of the garage. And I remember he had, I don't even think it's a hacksaw, it's just like this giant saw, it's real flimsy, and I remember taking that thing down to my, my friend's house, and we'd be building clubhouses, and we'd be sawing all day long trying to build clubhouses and different things. I'd steal ratchets and sockets and go work on dirt bikes and four-wheelers. And, 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 and whenever my dad would need to go and find a tool and it wasn't where it was supposed to be, Dad, I don't know. I ain't seen it, you know? But, but you know, I had, I had all these tools at my disposal. When I wanted to go fishing, which was like every single day, I had all of this fishing stuff at my disposal. When I wanted to go ride dirt bikes, I had gas to put in a dirt bike that I had that I could go ride. I got, to, I got taken and wheeled to practices year-round for different sports. I got hauled to, to games. I had jerseys to wear and new cleats to wear and, 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 and sliding shorts and all those types of things, and new bats and new gloves. And when I was hungry, there was this magical wardrobe that you could go and open this door, and there just shined with the glory of all the different kinds of snacks you could possibly want. You see, as a kid, I had seemingly unending amount of things to enjoy. But when you're a kid, sometimes you have all of these things, and what happens is that's all you've ever known, and it's just expected. That you just have this. There it is. That's just normal to have all of these things. And it's it's usually not until much later in life that you look back and you say, wow. I am so thankful for my mom and dad who fed me, who gave me toys, who drove me all over the place to different ball games, who anytime I was in need, I had whatever I needed. And sometimes when you really think about that, your heart wells up and you you kind of have emotion because you lived so long and you took advantage of all of this that was given to you and you were never very thankful for it. You just expected it. So now as you look back, you, you're quite thankful for what they did. And when they did it, when your parents did that for you, they weren't looking for thanks. They weren't looking for recognition. They simply did it because you were their kid and they loved you. And so here was everything that you needed. Jesus tells the disciples, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You see, when you are young, you don't realize that you need to thank someone. You don't realize that there's someone to thank for the good things in your life. They're just there. You see, there are billions of people who do not know who Jesus is, and they have been given good gifts by God, and they don't realize that there is someone to thank. 
But we of all people should be thankful because we know the one from whom all blessings flow. We, and we don't know him just as God or Lord Almighty. We know him as Father who gives good gifts to his children. And if sinful fathers are able to give good gifts to us, imagine the kind of gifts that our perfect Heavenly Father is able to give to us. G.K. Chesterton says it this way. He says, the worst moment for an atheist is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank. As followers of Jesus, it should be the quiet prayer of our hearts that, God, I don't deserve these things, but how good and kind of you to give them to me. Because he is the source. But not only must we direct our thanks to God, but we must realize this, that literally everything we have is from him. That literally every single thing that we can think of in our lives and the things that we can't think of are gracious gifts of God. In verse 20 he says, giving thanks always and for everything to God. You see, we know this truth like somewhere in the backs of our brains, right? We know that everything we have is because God has granted it to us. But we do not always take that truth and like let it really sink down into our hearts. We just stuff it back there in the attic somewhere of our brains. That literally everything we have is a gift of God. There's this old hymn uh, that I remember singing growing up called Count Your Blessings. You know, it's one of those good merry-go-round hymns you can do this too. And in the first stanza, the first verse says this. When upon life's billows, we need, to, we need to bring that word back, billows. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. What a good line song reminds us that sometimes we need to pause and take a moment to think and take inventory of our life and to realize that we have all of these blessings and all these things in our lives that we have taken for granted. It surprises us because we don't take the time to pause and remember. When I was, when I was growing up, I, I had a mentor in my life when I kind of first became a believer. And one of the things he encouraged me to do was to write, use a, take a journal and you know, journal my Bible reading in there, but also to write down everything I was praying for. And so I can remember, uh, you know, writing down all these prayers I was having and the things I was going through in my life and all the, the girl drama I had and all the interpersonal drama and, and whatever I was going, was going on with my family, just whatever was going on in my life, I was writing it down, I was praying through it. And then I remember looking back at it six months, a year later, just kind of flipping back through. And I saw all of these things that I had forgotten about, that I'd been praying about. And then as I looked a year later, looking back on it, I thought, oh my gosh. Like the Lord was so kind and gracious to deliver me through these different situations. And I, I saw him answering prayers that I'd been praying a year ago that I had not recognized that he had answered. See, some of the times we, we don't understand that God answers our prayers because we pray them and then forget we prayed them and then we never go back to look and see how he answered it. But when you write them down and then you... Go back and look, you see how God is blessing and answering and leading and guiding all the way. See, when you finally realize that God has been there and has answered your prayers, you have gratitude and this humility will well up in you. And it changes you because you realize that you do, did not get where you are on your own. 
Where you are today was not because you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and worked hard, but by the kindness of God was leading you all along. Sometimes when, um, as a parent, you have kids, and, and sometimes, we'll just be honest, our kids act like little brats. Amen? Sometimes, sometimes they're acting like, how do you say his name? Uh, Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka. You remember her? Daddy, I want a golden goose and I want it now. Sometimes, you know, the word that drives me crazy in my house is the word mine. Sometimes, you know, I'll have a kid snatch a toy out of another kid and say, that's mine, mine. And Lewin, he's my, my youngest, or my second to youngest, who's still, still learning to talk, he likes the word hey. Someone takes something and go, hey, hey. He just keeps saying it until it gets right. Hey, hey. But hey, mine, mine. And sometimes it drives me crazy. I want to look at them and say, you own nothing. All these toys in my house are mine, and I let you play with them. You're welcome. Amen. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes, literally this weekend, I actually said it. You own nothing. The clothes on your back are mine. Be grateful, child. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. <laughs> but why is it that her kids are like that? Because they have all of these riches, all of these toys, all of this food, this luxury is just, just there. And they think, because it's just been there, that it is theirs by right. And why wouldn't they think that? They've done nothing to deserve it. They have simply been born into a family and yet blessing is lavished upon them. They didn't earn it. They were just loved and a part of a family, and so it was given to them. And is that not true of us? We are simply loved and have been brought into the family of God, and so all that we have is God's. You own nothing. All that you have is not yours, but has been graciously given to you by your Father. You see, we're more like our bratty kids than we think. Everything in our lives is the gracious gift of God. But part of the problem and the reason that we sometimes act like bratty little kids is because we look at all the blessings in our lives and we think like they, they do, that they are ours by right. That it's our right that we deserve them. You might say to me, but Brent, I have worked hard for 30 years, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. I have worked and worked my hind end off for my family. I've gone to work. I've done all these things. I've done it right. I'm, I'm a good person. I treat others well. I work hard. I do deserve these things. But don't you see that in God's grace and his kindness, he gave you the ability to be able to work that job. He gave you the knowledge that you needed to work that job. He gave you the strength and the help to keep working that job. He gave you the opportunity to be able to go to school to get the degree to work that job. He gave you the connections or the personality you needed to get hired into that job. God gave you the family that you grew up in to make you into the person you are today. God chose for you to be born in this country as opposed to another country, the freest, most opportunistic country in the world for you to prosper. You see, there is nothing that you have ever done or accomplished on your own. It has all been the gift of God. 
everything you have, and not just material things, but even immaterial things, your family, your opportunities, your friends, your health, are not luck. They are the gracious gift of God. You might, like you might work for things, but it more resembles when I tell my six-year-old to go clean her room. I provided the room. I taught her how to clean the room. I put the stuff in the room, and when she just shoves everything under the bed, I go and actually clean it. See, everything we have is the gift of God. I think this probably hit me the most when I was in high school. Um, I remember I was in class, and you remember how you, they, the teacher would get a call, or they'd come over the intercom, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Gray, we need Brent Wilson in the office. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. I don't think. Did I do anything? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think. And I remember going to the office, and I remember seeing my mom out there, and like, oh, mom, what are you doing? I'm here to pick you up. I'm like, why? She says, well, let's go to the car. I remember sitting in the car with her, and she said, hey, you know Eric, your friend you play baseball with? Yeah, I'm like a sophomore in high school. She's like, he died this morning. I was like, what? How did he die? They don't know. They don't know. He went to the funeral. They did an autopsy. They couldn't ever figure it out. He woke up one morning, got out of his bed, took two steps, and fell over. You see, every breath you take is the gift of God. But we think it's ours by right. But every beat of your heart, every breath you take, you don't deserve, but is the gracious gift of God. Jesus, by the word of his power, at every single moment is sustaining your life. And if he were to cease doing that for a second, you would cease to exist. You see, everything, even the things you cannot see, are the gracious gift of God. And so if we're going to grow in Thanksgiving, we need to know that God is the source of every good gift, that every single gift is from him. But also we need to learn that we actually have to count our blessings always, in good and bad. Verse 20, when it says, give thanks, it's giving thanks always. It's interesting. You know what the Greek word for, for always is? What it means? Always. Biblical scholarship at its finest. You see, so if we're going to be thankful always, that means we, we got to be thankful when things are going well for us. Right? you got to be thankful in the good times. One of the reasons we don't often pause when things are going well and pause and thank God for all the blessings is because we think that when life is going well, that everything's good because that is like the default position. Like we think that just things going well and going right and being good is just what should be expected. That's just normal, right? And that anything negative is just downhill from where we should start, from the base. But that's not it. It's actually the opposite. We are sinful rebels who have spit in the face of God through our thoughts and through our actions. We bite the hand that feeds us. And the fact, we don't start here and move down. We start down here and move up. The fact that our life might be good, that we have blessing in our life, is not the starting place or the standard. It is the gracious provision of God that we are where that we are. We don't deserve that. Because of our sin and rebellion, we deserve death and the wrath and judgment of God in hell. And that's not a popular thing to say in our culture, but that's what the Bible teaches us. We're sinful, we've broken the law and the rules of God, and we deserve his justice. And so we should be thankful when things are going well because God doesn't owe you a thing. 
and he's not obligated to do anything for you. It is his kindness and his patience and his love that he graciously chooses to bless us instead of striking us down. So when life is good, we need to still pause and take a moment, take inventory of our life and thank God for his kindness that we do not deserve. For every little thing, for all the things that we don't even immediately think about, we need to stop and say, God, I don't deserve any of this. Thank you for it. See, when we realize that we don't deserve anything good, and when we count our blessings when things are going well, it will help us to count our blessings and to be thankful when things are going wrong. One of the songs we sang this morning is called It Is Well. Many of you know that song. It's an old popular hymn. It was written by a guy named Horatio Spafford. And Horatio in 1871 was a prominent businessman in Chicago. He invested a lot in real estate. And in 1871, the great Chicago fire came through and leveled Chicago and he lost everything. Not only did he lose all of his business interests, but he lost his two-year-old son to the fire. And so scrambling to figure out what to do, he was going to head back to Europe with his family and he, because of some business things, he wasn't able to go with him. So he sent his wife and four daughters on a boat to Europe and he was going to meet them there uh, in England later. And he gets a telegram from his wife when she lands and the telegram says, saved alone, what shall I do? Lost at sea and lists the name of his four daughters. You see, the ship had crashed within another ship, and it sank quite quickly, and almost everyone on the boat was lost, including all four of his little girls. So he goes to get on a boat to meet his grieving wife in England, and he's lost everything. And while he's over the water, over the water where his little girls' bodies lay at the bottom, he pins the words to that song. And he writes this, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You see, how can a man endure such suffering and yet sing praise to God and to be thankful for his life? How is it possible for us to be thankful in the midst of loss and pain and hurt? You see, it is something that only Christianity can truly account for. Only when you know, listen, only when you know the Savior who lost everything to gain you, will you be able to stand the losing of everything as long as you don't lose your Savior. Only when you know the Savior who lost everything to gain you will you be able to be thankful when you lose everything. Only when you know him. See, there is something unique about Christianity that enables us to face loss and yet still not lose hope, joy, or thanksgiving. Like there's a story in Acts when the disciples were arrested because they were preaching the gospel to people. They're arrested, they're thrown in jail, and then they're beaten and they're flogged and beaten to an inch of their life. And when they are finally released and said, don't preach about Jesus anymore, they walk out. And do you know what they do? They sing and they say, we are blessed that we were counted worthy to suffer for the gospel. Blessed are we who are counted worthy to suffer 
Like, what in the world? Or when Paul, the apostle, he is, he is literally stoned, and they, they hit him with rocks so much that they think he's dead, and so they leave him on the outskirts of town, bleeding, thinking he's dead, and when he comes to, he crawls away, and it's that guy who pins the words, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Like Job would say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. How can we be thankful and bless the Lord when we lose everything? How can we be thankful when other people have all of this stuff and we are struggling? Because you have to know who you are. You are someone who deserves nothing good. You deserve much worse than you're going through, actually. But you don't need to just know yourself. You need to know who God is and you need to know the kindness of God. That even though you deserve much worse than you have, God has been patient with you. He has loved you. He has blessed you far more than you deserve. See, Christianity gives us a unique perspective on the world. One that grants incredible gratitude when life hits you hard. Because when you know who you are and what you actually deserve, but that Christ has gained more for you than you could ever imagine. That Christ has gained an inheritance for you, a seat at the royal table, uh, adopted into his family, that the whole world is his inheritance and he's given it to you. That you get a foretaste of that now, but you've got even more coming. When times are hard, you can be thankful for the things you have because you know the sweetness of your Savior and the goodness that he gives to you. See, we can thank God when times are good and we can thank God when times are bad because we know that we deserve nothing and that every good gift I have is from above. But see, being thankful requires that you have an accurate view of yourself and of your great need and an accurate view of God and his great provision. So you're headed into the holiday season and you want to be thankful. And you find it hard. See, sometimes you find it hard because for some of you, It's hard to be thankful because you are worried to death. You're worried about the plans. You're worried about the people coming and going. You're worried about time you get with your kids and when they're going to go to their in-laws and leave you hanging. You're worried about the food. You're worried about everything. You're worried about money. You're worried about everything, and you can't slow down and be thankful for the things God has given you because you're just worried about everything. But do you know what worry is? Worry is the belief that God is going to mess it up. Worry is the belief that God is going to get your life wrong. It's not a trust that God knows what he's doing. Some of you, it's not worry, you're bitter. You're not worried about the future, you're bitter about the past because you're looking at everybody else and you've seen what they have and what's going on with their life and you're bitter because you don't have that. And it's just festered inside of you and you're mad because your life hasn't gone the way you think it should have. But bitterness is not a belief that God is going to get it wrong, but that God got it wrong, that he messed up, that he passed you over. That, he should have, that you deserved more blessing like these other people got. But if you want to be thankful, you can't live in worry that God's going to get it wrong, and you can't be bitter that God got it wrong. Thankfulness is the belief that no matter what state of things your life is in, we deserve nothing but by the kindness and grace of God to us unworthy sinners, he has lavished blessing on us. He's lavished us with blessing. Look at the rest of the world. 
compared to them, we are filthy rich. So take time this week, and I want you to pause, and I want you to reflect, and I want you to actually count your blessings. I want you to think about everything in your life, material, immaterial, and I want you to see every little thing, every heartbeat as the gracious gift of God. See, while we were, Nathan said it earlier, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. See, not only has God known exactly who we are and what we were going to do and how we were going to rebel against him, and yet still he would send his son in love for you, to die for you, to save you. More than that, just not just forgiving your sins, but to give you a seat in his family. And if he would give us that, wouldn't he not give us all things? See, when you know who you are and you know who God is, you can be thankful. Because you know you don't deserve any of it, but he's so kind and so gracious to give you what you have. And he gives us far more than we deserve. We have a good father in heaven who supplies everything we need. No amount of worry, no amount of bitterness, no amount of stress is going to change that. But we can rest easy knowing we have a God who loves us and who loves to bless his children. No matter what your holiday traditions are, open your eyes and see the blessings all around you. Count them and be thankful. Let's pray. Father, this morning, if there is someone here who doesn't know you, that they're thankful for things in their life, but they have no one to thank because they've never trusted in you, they've never given their life to your son, they've never said, God, you are the reason for all these blessings, and I want to come to you and, and be your child. God, this morning we pray that you'd give them the courage and the boldness to come lay down their life before you and say, God, I give all my life to you. Save me, make me new. I, I deserve nothing, so I throw myself at your mercy. And God, and you will find that in his kindness, he will lavish love on you like you've never known. God, this, this week and this, this month, this end of the year, God, help us to be thankful. Help us to be thankful for what we have, what you've given. Help us to be thankful for our heartbeat and the breath in our lungs and two legs that work. And help us to be thankful for all the little things that you give us that we take for granted. Help us to know that you're the source, that you give us everything. And whether things are good or bad, that we should be thankful because we have much more than we deserve. And God, it's not like you have just given us the scraps. It's not like you've just given us the leftovers. You have given us your only son. And you promised to give us all things as an inheritance in your family. God, you haven't just given us the leftovers. You've given us riches and you've lavished blessing on us. And so when we deserve nothing, you gave us all things. So God, help us to be thankful. Help us put a smile on our face to say, God, who are you that you would look at a sinner like me and give me all of this stuff that I have? I'm unworthy, but God, you're good and kind and gracious to give it to me. Thank you. Thank you, God. If you do not know him this morning, Come talk with me. There's going to be some deacons up here. I'd love to talk with you. Come let us show you how you can find a love like you've never known. If this morning you just want to come up here and, and just kneel and just say, God, you know what? 
It's easy for me to take my life for granted and I just want to get on my knees and just say thank you. I encourage you to come do that. However the Lord leads you, listen to him and obey. God, give us strength. In Christ's name we pray. All people said, let's stand and sing.